Welcome everyone to 451 Degrees, the censorship podcast on the Unsafe Space Network. I'm Alex Maselli and joining me today is Ian. Welcome again, Ian. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. I've been up for several hours. I know uh, that that's unusual for most people, but I am an early riser. But so today we are talking about uh, the censorship of Russian peoples and businesses and uh, why you probably shouldn't be using DuckDuckGo. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, um, companies in large numbers are censoring uh, Russian businesses, Russian people for what's going on in Ukraine. Um, I, it kind of, someone brought up recently the idea that like, uh, years ago after 9-11, blaming all Muslim people for the actions of the people who were behind 9-11 was, um, unethical. Yeah. That's funny that you mentioned that. I completely forgotten about that. And that is definitely applying here. It is. And uh, honestly, I feel like that was a correct point to make back Mm -hmm. then. And it's a correct point to make now about the Russian people. I don't I don't think it's appropriate to blame an entire nation. I mean, there's 133 million Russians in in Russia, and it's not appropriate to blame all of them for the actions of their government. I wouldn't blame all Americans for the actions mm-hmm. of our government. Well, uh, I, I think a lot of this changed since then. I mean, you, you could say that we're very anti cancel culture back then and now. We've really kind of embraced it. So it, it makes sense to try and cancel an entire country now. Yeah. And uh, but it just I, I don't know, maybe it's because like more principled uh, people are, are going to stay with their first thought. Oh, yeah. 20 I, years I'm later. Totally there. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely like this is dumb. Um, yeah. That is what it is, I suppose. I know, like, uh, I heard Total Wine's not letting you really search for for Russian vodka now. That's so weird. It's like. Why? I mean, it, this doesn't stop the war. It doesn't no. change anything. It, it's no. it, it's just another hollow virtue signal. It is definitely. It's a virtue signal, and it like I think I can't remember which company it was, but some companies shut shut down all Russian websites that they were hosting. Mm-hmm. That they were like, you can transfer. Um, I know Reclaim the Net reported on it, and my problem with that was that is like, what if they're Russian peoples who uh, have websites are their customers of this company that are saying that are trying to report on what Putin is doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're you're actually making it harder for the Russian people to dissent from their leaders when you shut down all their yeah. access to the internet and to financial institutions. Like I don't have a problem with like political sanctions of political people right mm-hmm. like i feel and entities like i don't feel like that's the problem that i'm talking specifically about the russian peoples like the citizens the, these everyday people like it's really inappropriate to just cut off all their avenues of expression to the rest of the world as well as revenue too i mean that's the thing yeah. that a lot of people are with the, what they're doing here, it's not hurting the government; it's hurting the people. And yes. you saw what happened when they basically pulled Disney Plus and all these, uh, I, I guess, like Netflix and Hulu out of Russia. You know, they basically go, "Okay, piracy's fine." Yeah, <laughs> they're just going to pirate then. Great job. Um, oh no, but <laughs> I I feel kind of okay that some of these woke companies are cutting them, shooting themselves. Basically, yeah. they're mm-hmm. they're spiting themselves because. 
it's like they're cutting off their own revenue to these to the to these people that that is like it's dumb because the citizens are just gonna pirate or whatever and it's and i and at that point i'm like whatever like let them do it because you've you've literally made it impossible for for them to work with you in legal Mm -hmm. means um and in over something so dumb it's you're talking about watching a movie like yeah (laughs) it's a really it 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 has no impact on what's going on in ukraine at all to say you can't watch netflix anymore um but then like on top of that um the cutting off of their ability to make money their ability to express themselves that is a real problem i'd say um and i and it does nothing like i thought the freedom fries thing 20 years ago was dumb and i was in high school (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was in high school when that happened i was like this is stupid i think it's stupid now to say you can't drink russian vodka like it doesn't Mm -hmm. change anything and uh it's it's the most pointless virtue signal ever and i did actually talk to uh what was it the product uh specialist or whatever for um that uh that web hosting uh, company and she's like, but people are dying in the Ukraine, and I'm like, and this has nothing to do with that. Nothing you do, you, all it is is a virtue signal. That's all it is. Yes. And uh, and and in fact, when it comes to the ones about expression and revenue, you're just making it harder for the Russian people to dissent. And not only that, but they're poisoning them against the West mm-hmm. and Western ideals. When you cut off another society from Western society, you're basically saying we're your enemy. Everything yeah. we represent is uh, so you're just you're creating a popul a larger population that hates you. Yeah, and uh, in a nutshell, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and I I, I feel like this is uh, like the dumbest thing that they're doing right now. Uh, is and they're falling like dominoes. All these companies doing it, and one of the companies that's doing it is DuckDuckGo. Uh, until recently, DuckDuckGo has been a lot of um, uh, the anti-fame people's like hero. Supposedly, we thought they were, or a lot of people thought they were. Yeah, they're, um, they're supposed to be the anti-Google. You know, when it came to all yeah. the censorship and what what's been going on, the wokeness and. Yeah, now now they're kind of falling in line, which is yeah. odd. It is very odd. Well, before uh, so on the last coffee break, some bitch I know she went over the uh, over DuckDuckGo and the founder who founded Classmates.com, which is kind. Of, I always found it a little creepy, like looking up everyone you knew in high school was a little mm, to me. As a, it was almost a little stalkerish, almost. Yeah, but, but it's also like one of the first social networks. I know, <laughs> but a lot of social networking has, <laughs> you know, social media sites have that kind of quality to them. Like, I'm going to look up everyone I've ever known in my entire life. That's not healthy or <laughs> to me, I don't think so. Um, but uh, then uh, he, he was, I don't think he was making uh, money or, you know, social media, Facebook, you know, basically killed any need for classmates.com. Right. Yeah. Um, so he went into making a search engine, uh, uh, dot, dot, go supposedly with privacy in mind. Uh, 
really just he just did it to make money it, it wasn't it wasn't founded on principles it was mm-hmm. that was capitalism like he saw a need for a product that people wanted you know a search engine that doesn't track you um so he made duck duck go and um i but when she talked about um the kinds of things that the founder was really into and everything i was like hmm, maybe i should find an alternative So I immediately started looking for an alternative and I decided to go with Brave. Uh, I don't know. Is have you heard of Brave? I have. I use the browser. I have not started using the search engine yet, but it's definitely on my list to do. Right. Yeah. And the thing that that makes it worse about it is that the whole thing with DuckDuckGo is that they were kind of branding themselves on the privacy and we're not going to we're not going to be Google. We're not going to do the stuff that Google does. And, you know, here and here we are a direct contradiction to that original statement. It's like Twitter saying we're the free speech wing of the free speech party, right? It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, man, does that, that tweet did not age well. Every no, time, every time that they uh, censor someone, you just bring that one up and say, here you go, Jack, this is what you said. You yeah. still well, Jack's, mean it. Jack's not in charge anymore. Nope, so he's not. Yeah. But even when uh, he was still in charge when he, he uh, during some of that censorship and he was stating he was coming out with tweets himself about how this was good censorship. So it, it was well, he, he was saying by censoring certain people, they were enabling others to speak and therefore it was being pro free speech. It's like, are you freaking crazy? The mental gymnastics of that is just is. crazy. <laughs> it's an insane kind of backflip he just had to do to get to there um but like so recently the ceo of DuckDuckGo, uh gabriel weinberg if we could pull that up um it was funny because i actually found brave uh before he started tweeting this uh like so many others i am sickened by russian russia's invasion of ukraine and the gigantic humanitarian crisis it continues to create as if there haven't been many humanitarian crises recently that no one has done anything about. Um, we could talk about Yemen. We could talk about the Uyghurs and China. Uh, no one blocked anybody for those things. Oh. Well, of course, because it's China, <laughs> right? And China yeah. is you know, where we get all of our money from these days. And we, we can't make the Chinese mad by pointing out the fact that basically what they're doing to the Uyghurs is very similar to what happened in the 1930s and 40s in Germany with the Jews. Well, and then we didn't block Saudi Arabia. No, no, no. companies have blocked Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia for what's happening in Yemen. No, no one's blocked. Uh, I mean, Taliban members are still on Twitter. No one's blocked them after nope. uh, Afghanistan. This is still they they're still around. But mm-hmm. now every uh, Russian bit of <laughs> anything has to go. At DuckDuckGo, we've been rolling out search updates that downright sites associated with Russian disinformation. Uh, the problem with uh, the with that statement to me is that it goes back to the vague by design uh, way of deciding what is Russian dis- disinformation. Yeah, what is disinformation in general, right? And yeah, what they're doing is leaving up to the tech companies to determine what misinformation is. Yes. I have had, uh, I, I remember right before um, that that coffee break uh, with some bitch I know, I had said to a friend when they started, when people started 
claiming I want to get rid of uh, Russian propaganda and Russian disinformation. I was like, what? So we can have everyone else's propaganda yep. still yeah. available about this incident? And then it's like, oh, that goes, Kiev was fake. And I was like, what did I say? <laughs> goes to Kiev was fake. The whole incident at Snake Island was fake. I mean, there's a lot of things going on with the uh, Russian-Ukraine war that are weird and they don't make sense. And it feels off. Yes, a lot of it feels very off. Um, there's the the bio labs questions. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Honestly, I, th I think a lot of people nowadays are like, I don't want you to decide for me what is propaganda, what is disinformation. I want mm -hmm. to look into it myself. That is that is a growing segment of people um, in the U.S., possibly globally, saying, I don't want you to tell me anymore what is or isn't propaganda. I want to decide. Um, and that means allowing them to search out results themselves compare different people's different nations stances on a subject and find as much indie journalism as they can to mm. figure out what is the truth. And uh, I understand, I, I do understand the idea that propaganda during wartime is a, is supposedly a, a morale building or destruction. That's the one they don't want to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh you know, process that that is a tool in the toolbox of war. Uh, mm. uh, it's uh, there was during World War Two. There was the the radio um, broadcasts that were uh, uh, shot out to English speaking uh, soldiers to try to break down the morale. I don't think it worked. <laughs> to Tokyo Rose from Japan. Yeah, yes, and. Um, that kind of stuff. Yes, I get it. But I, I feel like sending that out to citizens, not soldiers, sending it out it, like there's no need to build my morale when it comes to what's going on in Ukraine. Like, what am I going to do um, besides vote for someone who would want something that I might consider in the long term not to be in my, in my nation's best interest? That's the only reason why propaganda would be aimed at normal citizens, to my mind, uh, internally. Now, yeah, uh, well, and the other thing too, propaganda is also largely used to reinforce the narrative. Yes, uh, it's it's to remind people that this is the way things are, and that's why I think a lot of the stuff is being done. Uh, it, I mean, it's I, I know that it's typically viewed, and it does play a role in this, swaying people's opinions to you know, these set of circumstances or set of beliefs or whatever. But a lot of it is, is reinforcing. That's what yes. the communist propaganda was used for within communist Russia was a reinforcement. Yes. Uh, I know it's, it's also to bury dirty secrets that someone doesn't want mm. anyone to know about. Um, poisoning the well against a witness, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, uh, and so to me, I, well, I get aim like aiming it outward uh, as a as a wartime thing, I'm not saying it's right, but I understand the the thought process of it as a as a uh, tool in the war box. Um, but I don't get it. Like I, I don't see any reason ethically. I won't say that there aren't reasons. They have their reasons for aiming it at their own citizens. 
and that's my problem with this whole let's shut down Russian propaganda because, first of all, you get to decide what Russian propaganda is, that vague by design uh, mm. phrasing, but also because, well, then I'm just stuck with your propaganda. I don't. Narrative <laughs> I don't, control reasons. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, narrative control. And um, it just seems kind of hypocritical uh, to act as though our propaganda is good. And they literally will say that. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that is funny because it, it's it's true, right? They don't want competition in the propaganda space. No, they or, don't. Or, or news. I mean, they, they want, you know, one narrative. And they want to have full control over it. And, you know, anybody who counters it is going to get censored. We're going to be seeing a lot more of that this year with the upcoming election. Yes, we are. We're going to be seeing, I, 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 every election year, it ramps up, especially presidential elections. But right now, I do think that this election is going to be very serious for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to be taking this, this you know, off uh, presidential year very seriously because of um, more people have gotten involved, I think, um, because uh, a lot of what's going on with um, public schooling is mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest impacts to, I think, a, a huge segment of the population. So that makes them pay more attention to what's going that on. Definitely politically. woke up a lot of normies. Yes, it did. Um, don't mess with people's kids. You, mm -hmm. <laughs> you wake them up. Um but I, uh, so I could see that it, it's going to ramp up and there's all these, the, there is the, the propaganda that I find hilarious is that there's, and, and we see it right now with the don't say gay phrasing. Yeah. Uh, and it's been going, like some people say, oh my God, I can't believe it's not even in the bill. So how is it, how is that something you would say? Uh, uh, this must be the biggest lie of the last two years. And I was like, no, 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 you don't get it. They do this over every single bill mm -hmm. and executive order and a bit of, you know, possible pushback. Uh, they'll reframe it as something else. Yeah, that like, bill's a very simple read. It's only three pages. Yeah, <laughs> which and, is and it, unusual for bills. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and the funny thing about it is it, it doesn't say gay anywhere in that bill. No, it doesn't. It was yeah. funny, too, because someone was all like, if you can't talk about sexual orientation, then you can't talk about homosexuality. And I was like, well, that means you also can't talk about heterosexuality. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> if we're talking about or that's an orientation. Are you pretending as if it's not an orientation? Because it is. But, they're, but um, they're doing it to, you know, ha having those kinds of conversations with children that don't understand any of that stuff yet. I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't till like fifth grade where we started to get and it was very controversial then back in the eighties, sex, sex education at fifth grade. Um, it, honestly, that stuff, most kids, uh, once you get to maybe middle school, probably will have a better understanding, but elementary school, that to me seems a bit young. And it, it's not because I'm like some sort of moral Puritan. I'm not, this is, I just don't think kids care about that stuff or think about, it. I mean, I don't remember, you know, putting a lot of effort into that as a kid. Yeah, uh, I think I, you're talking about their developmental stage, what mm -hmm. is best for talking about that. And yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, unless kids literally going through puberty during their elementary school years, I don't really see a point to it, which I have seen some kids do go mm -hmm. do start like fifth, sixth grade, which is 
probably some of their logic. We're trying to catch those kids, you know, when they were thinking fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, honestly, for the most part, I am not a big fan of it being a public education thing at all. I really do think it should be up to parents. I accidentally ended up in sex ed in fifth grade. Um, it was a mistake. I put my yo-yo permission slip in the wrong pile. <laughs> and <laughs> I know that's a silly thing for it to happen. Um, but and uh, the thing I noticed looking back on it, though, what they talked to us about is that they made every sexually transmitted disease sound like it was permanent. Because they were trying to terrify us. Uh, I mm-hmm. went to a more conservative school. They yeah. were trying to, con- to to terrorize us out of having sex. I don't actually remember learning a lot about anatomy. <laughs> so like, I think no matter what, the school board is going to have some sort of bias on what they want the kids to come out of that with and Mm -hmm. i think very rarely will they want them coming out of it just being knowledgeable i just don't think most schools are um that principled to get to just knowledge Mm -hmm. um which is why i'm kind of like iffy on the idea of that being in public education at all it's too easily manipulated um of a subject. Oh, especially, especially now. Right. I mean, initially the reason why they were wanting to do such a education is because, you know, parents weren't having these conversations with their kids and they were it's kind like of a- figuring it on their own. So and now we're, we're running into like the ex- extreme uh, opposite end of this. Now it's like where you have schools for the most part kind of indoctrinating kids and it's not about education. No. Um, I think the answer to saying that parents aren't having this conversation with their kids is PSAs and like how to have conversations with your kids about sex. I don't think it is. We'll just do it for you as mm-hmm. the state. I don't think that's the right answer. Um, like it's like this is a tough conversation, but it's your responsibility as a parent. Like I feel yeah. like messages like that are more important than just saying, all right, fine, we'll take it on because like, it just feels like it's too easily abused. Uh, to me. And I, I'm saying that as someone who doesn't have kids, but I, mm. I don't know. It, it, from my experience as a child, I just didn't really think it was um, appropriate. And as an educator, I saw too many opportunities for it to be abused. Well, so, especially when you see what passes for an educator these days. Yeah, I know. It's one of the reasons why I left education <laughs> is that I felt like it was uh, mostly like self-absorbed idiots and mm-hmm. uh, and that sounds really cruel but i saw a lot of teachers we le- good teachers leaving education um and and i and what was left behind was some of the worst educators um yeah. i, I and, think the greatest advertisement for homeschooling is libs of tiktok yes a lot a lot of the people that are on libs of tiktok are teachers yes they are yeah. Um, I definitely think that that is it is kind of hilarious because I feel like it's it's making a lot of parents go, oh, holy crap. I mm-hmm. cannot leave my kids alone with this person, with people like this uh, who are because a lot of it is just looks like mental illness. It doesn't even look like um, purposeful, you know, abuse, you know, of mm-hmm. power. And it's like, would you leave them alone with a mentally ill family member probably not no. and 
So it's kind of that kind of thought process is going on, especially for eight hours a day. Do you want to leave them alone with that person? Probably mm. not. So um, I, th- I think you, it, you're right about that. It's I've been telling people to homeschool. And when I was uh, a teacher at a college, I noticed that the, a lot of the homeschooled kids were really intelligent um, kids, very knowledgeable um, because their parents instilled in them a thirst for learning. Yeah, it's funny because like back early on when homeschooling started to become a thing, there was a huge kind of like backlash against it. You know, a lot of it, so, oh, they're not going to be, you know, have the um, they're not going to be properly socialized. They're not going to get a good education. And, and there, there was all these reasons why they came up with the reason why homeschooling was bad. And now you kind of see why <laughs> they were pushing back against it, because it's about indoctrination and yes. narrative control. Yes, I like uh, honestly the whole socialization thing. I was like, I don't know. I've been through the public education system. I don't feel like I was properly socialized. What even <laughs> does that look like? Like, yeah. I I don't see how that's a a good argument. Uh, looking at how uh, how wait they constantly are trying to like say we're helping with bullying, and then bullying still is a rampant issue. So I'm like, I don't think you actually are socializing kids well in the first place. So that's not a very good argument for you to be making. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. There's also uh, homeschool groups. So if you're worried about your kids having like friends and stuff, you can there are homeschool groups where you you can form in your communities where your kids are educated together, uh, but in the home. Like that is that is a possibility. There are many different forms that homeschooling can uh, take on. And if you're if you're really worried about them interacting with other people, Mm -hmm. learning how to do group projects and stuff like that, you can find a way to do it. And uh, and you can even hire some of these um, former educators, the one the good ones that all decided to get out. Some of them are willing to do these homeschooling kind of classes. Well, Uh, I think a lot of that kind of like grew out of the fact that you had a lot more people homeschooling and it was to kind of counter that narrative of, Oh, your child's not going to be properly socialized. Yeah. Well, and then also um, a lot of parents realized with the zoom schooling that they basically had to take on a lot more responsibility to make sure their kids didn't fall behind. And then they were sort of like, well, then why don't I just do this like myself entirely? And uh, honestly, they, I, I feel like they shot themselves in the foot by saying everyone go home and close on the schools, because I think that really that really woke up a lot of parents to mm. saying exactly how uh, inadequate and unhelpful uh, education had become. Well, not uh, only that, they were seeing what their kids were being taught. That was like yeah. the biggest fear it was about what, what happens when the parents find out what we're teaching their kids. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the the big wake up call for everybody. Yeah, you're, like you're, telling, it, you're teaching my kid what? Yes, <laughs> there was uh, one story I heard where someone said that they heard overheard the teacher on the Zoom call say, um, uh, "Make sure you uh, go to class in a private room where your parents can't hear." And the the parent who was writing this said that they rolled their chair in front of the camera and said, turn it up and then sat there the whole time as a way of basically saying, no, that's not happening. And don't ever Mm -hmm. tell my kid that like that is that is a creepy thing to say to someone 
kid, honestly. Well, <laughs> like, it, why? Something like a like um, you know, Uncle Bad Touch would say, "Don't tell your parents, you know, what we're doing." Yeah, <laughs> like they like to. Um, there, there were twofold issues on this. One is that um, a lot of uh, education was worse from home through the Zoom. And also parents got to see what their kids were being taught. And at the same time, actual kids who were vulnerable in their own homes, which is a which is a smaller percentage. That's I want to put that out there. Not every kid in America is in an unsafe Mm -hmm. home. That's that's actually the lesser number Um, were not being caught as much as they were before. So that I feel like 2020 really hurt kids a lot. Oh, it certainly did. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that parents are taking a more active role now in making sure that their kids are more knowledgeable and that they pay more attention to what's going on with their kids' education. Because I, mm-hmm. I feel like ha- having been an educator um, of seeing kids come in through the public school education system and go into college and not know how to spell the word the, I, I was like, we are failing these kids. We have been failing them for a very long time. Understand that was almost 10 years ago that I was an mm-hmm. educator. So in, so this has been going on for a very long time that public education was inadequate and basically just a, a, an indoctrination and control situation so I was very, uh, I was always uncomfortable with how much power was in the hands of public education when it came to kids. It, it bothered me as a kid, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot of, you got to have a lot of trust in somebody. Yeah, and I don't know why you would trust the state that much, <laughs> ever. Well, a lot of people, they have the attitude that the government is good, right? They're, they're trying, they're looking out for us. They're, they have our best interest at heart, which is absolutely not the case. It's like, have you been to the DMV? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like every argument when it comes to being pro-state could go back to that. Have you seen how horrible the DMV is? Have you heard about what happened at the veterans uh, hospitals? Like, Mm -hmm. you really trust, you think, oh, just that one was bad. I don't don't know about that, man. (laughs) They're all built on the same organizational principles. So you kind of have to pay attention to that. Um, but let's get let's get back to um, uh, this whole propaganda thing. Um, can we pull up the tweet again? Because there's more. He said more. <laughs> okay, so let's scroll down. Okay, so in addition to downranking sites associated with disinformation, we also often place news modules and information boxes at the top of DuckDuckGo search results, much like Google, uh, where they are seen and clicked the most to highlight quality information for rapidly unfolding topics. DuckDuckGo's mission is to make simple privacy protection accessible to all. Privacy is a human right and transcends politics. Apparently, being able to uh, have your business rank is not a a human right that transcends politics, which is why about 100 million people around the world use DuckDuckGo. We don't have an exact count since we don't track people. I love that. Uh, parentheses where he's all mm-hmm. like I'm which which by the way I find kind of funny like if you wanted to get investors you can't tell how many people use your site 
You're like, I don't know. This is how many how many times our site is visited a day. That's the only information you could probably give at that point. Um, you could probably find out like the number of unique visitors. I mean, that a lot of that stuff, that information can be tracked from Apache, uh, you know, in the logs. But you don't necessarily have to track the individuals themselves, right? Uh, yes. But you could you could figure it out based off of the IPs that are hitting the uh, the site. Yes. And and it's funny, too, because like almost everyone in reply to this was like, you're just Google now. Like, yeah. OK, so you don't track Knock us, Google. but your results are like Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, and yeah, and Google filters off of biases. So they, they try and control the results that you get back. Yes. And uh, so what I did is I went around and I looked for replacements. So I looked for replacements before he tweeted this uh, because of that coffee break. And I ended up finding um, a list of possibilities. And and of course, it was almost every one of these things is more these lists are about um, the big name. So it was like actual replacements for uh, Google search. Mm Um, and it mentioned DuckDuckGo. <laughs> and I was like, I, I realized something in all these, all this research is that DuckDuckGo never said that it didn't change the results based on algorithms or what it wanted to do. All it said it did is that it didn't track me and my, re- my searches. Well, Defiant L's had a great post uh, from DuckDuckGo basically saying, you know, the opposite of what uh, Gabriel said. Oh, um, uh, if you want, I can I can try and find it, pull it up. For yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it is kind of hilarious to see these people hop around like they're trying to walk this line between so like social virtue signaling and and also. Like, oh, no, wait, 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 we're still friends of the people who don't like this crap, too. And it's like, no, you're not <laughs> like you can't have it both ways. You have to you cannot do both. <laughs> yeah. So um, he, here it is. Um, when you search your next unbiased result, uh, that that's not what you get on Google. And that's, you know, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> this was made uh, back in 2019. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you can revoke Google's access to search and location histories, but the only true way to protect yourself is to leave Google. But again, like while it says expect unbiased results, um, and then with that second sentence, it suggests that the results are going to be biased because it's tracking you. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean... You know, the, the results are biased because of the algorithm that Google has put in place. I, yes. I think it's ultimately what it comes down to. That's uh, true. I mean, that's what that tweet is replying, not that it's yeah. the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I've, I've switched to Brave. Uh, currently, I cannot get it to, like, I use Opera um, browser, and uh, it does not support Brave as the main search engine. Um, but Brave does also have a browser. Yeah. So I've been, um, I've been using the Brave browser for, I want to say pretty much at this point, two years. Uh, it's a good browser. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what would you say it's beyond the, like, the, 
what would you say its best features are? Um, it's basically a uh, more leaner version of Chrome um, because, you know, Chrome was developed by Google. And since it is open source, uh, they basically went into it and took out all the crap that, <laughs> that Google added into it. So it's basically a Chromium browser. Um, you can still use all the regular Chrome extensions and Again, anything that's compatible, you know, JavaScript-wise with the Chrome browser is, is compatible with Brave. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's basically Chrome, just not controlled by Google. <laughs> Which is a step up, no matter Which is a what. Step up. Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of stuff that is in the browser that, you know, that tracks you. And, you know, yeah, if you, if you ever dig into the stuff that Chrome does, it, you will never want to use it again. Because it literally I... tracks everything you do. I did get off of it. That to uh, yeah, I, I got off of it, uh, I want to say like three months ago. I had been using it because vidIQ was something that was compatible with it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then I decided that it was, vidIQ was not as worth it as keeping Chrome on my computer. Mm -hmm. So I got rid of it. Um, and and switched to Opera. I, and I, I got rid of Mozilla like I want to say a year ago mm -hmm. as a, as a browser that I was using, I usually use two browsers just because I have multiple accounts that I need to be on at any yeah, given time. Uh, <laughs> but so I switched entirely to opera, but my next step is probably to download the, the, the brave browser and see uh, what I feel about that on when it comes to writing uh, and uh, document design. I've gone completely off of uh, Microsoft. I am now on um, Libre Office. Okay, myself. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't used that in a number of years, so I don't know if it's improved. It's it's pretty good. Um, it 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 freezes sometimes in weird ways, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I it has this one feature that I very very much like in that if I'm typing and I start typing a word, it'll put up the rest of the word there for me so that yeah, I don't have to. It's like to... IntelliSense or um, IntelliSense, that's a coding thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but it's very helpful for me because my ability to spell is very, very bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, 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 I really liked that feature. And one of the reasons why I went off Microsoft is that I talked about this on uh, on one of the previous episodes of 451 is that the um, their sensitivity settings were getting added in and I was getting yeah. really annoyed with them. I tested the voice to text, the speech to text, mm -hmm. and it would not recognize like any swear words. <laughs> really? It, yeah, it was really silly. Like I said, I, I said the C word. I said, I said, fuck. I said, uh, goddamn asshole. Like I said, all these words and it was just like so many asterisks. I switched it to Spanish and then I said a bunch of Spanish swear words and it caught those too. And I was like, oh my God, uh, this is so, like, I don't use that feature, the speech to text, but still I was like, this is gross. Uh, that it's that it's getting this mad at me about uh, about using swear words. So I, I switched off Microsoft a while ago um, because of because of that. Um, I would not suggest it Microsoft um, for writing. I know it's so pretty. A lot of people like that 
functionality of about it. It's nice to look at versus something like Ruby Liberty Office is not actually that nice to look at. It looks like a 30 year old program. Yeah, that's <laughs> but you know it, it's it's like you're using WordPerfect from 1990. Yes, it is a lot like that, which when I in the 90s, that's what I preferred. <laughs> yeah, I did not prefer uh, Microsoft uh, because, again, it had a lot of really nice features for someone who couldn't spell. Um, mm -hmm. And I so my suggestion is that we find alternatives all the time as much as we can. And right now I I'm switching fully to Brave for my search functions, which it, if you search thing, I tested the system. I searched several different things on different browsers and Brave gave me different results. Like, it didn't give me the same results as Google or DuckDuckGo. Yep. Uh, and I liked that. I, I was like, well, then that shows that they're doing something different than... Yeah. There, there was one thing. Oh, I, I remember what it was. Um, this is a really good kind of like test to um, see what is being served back to you uh, results-wise. Mm -hmm. Do a search on fake hate crimes. And yeah... It's interesting because um, when you when you use Google, it will list a bunch of database or no, it's a fake hate crime database. It will list all the real hate crime databases or, you know, real cr hate crime databases. Um, and then buried is the fake hate crime one where with mm -hmm. um, with DuckDuckGo, you search for it and it pops up like number one. <laughs> it's and, like and the same this thing is with the one Bing. that. Yeah, Same thing with Bing. They, they they do that kind of um, that, that filtering. And it's so weird because, you know, fake hate crimes is a thing. And there is a database that tracks all the fake hate crimes, but they want to bury that. Of course they do. For obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, I, I That is an interesting way of testing it. I know one of the reasons why I got off Google is because it was giving me the opposite search results that I wanted. And yeah. um, and this was years ago. I would, and it was driving me crazy because I was trying to look up sterilization costs and everything, and it was like sterilization reversal. I know I'm, I've probably mentioned this that before, and that like drove me crazy. I was like, "Why are you giving me the exact opposite of what I'm asking for? Mm -hmm. That you should never be doing that." As even if it wasn't about something personal, if I was because I research all the time, I'm a writer. I want to look something up right. for writing in a novel or a play or whatever. And I want to load something up and you giving me the opposite of what I'm looking for is not helpful to me. Like it doesn't get me where I need to be and instead just frustrates me. And that's one of the reasons why I was going off of Google a long time ago. The only time I, I use Google now is to look up the year a video game came out. Like mm -hmm. I looked that up a lot. And it always gives me the result like immediately. And that's the only reason. I So now it knows that I'm looking for that. And that's so those are the only search results I ever get from Google. And I'm like, this is the only reason to come here for me. because And it's such a it's such a minor thing to be searching. Mm -hmm. But everything else, everything else, I've been going somewhere else because Google's results are are you typically typically for especially for more sensitive topics uh, just narrative control. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's so scary about it. Right. And, you know, there's a great video. I wish I could find it again. Uh, cause I'd like to talk about it of 
that after Trump got elected, they were basically talking about how to prevent it from happening again. So this is all about manipulating people, controlling them and influencing them to basically either vote a certain way or to believe certain things. And it's not about what it was supposed to be about, just finding information and, and giving what you giving you what you're looking for. Now mm-hmm. it's about manipulation and control, which is the, you know, the, the biggest issue with um, with big tech right now, with uh, whether it's Twitter, Facebook or even your search engine. Yes. And I think like a lot of people like to act as though um, when it comes to computers, that there's no human element involved. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, uh, to people who are not tech savvy, it's almost like magic. Um, yeah. And the problem with that is that it's, is that you suggest, and, and, and they think the same kind of way about science in general. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, if they're not science or tech savvy, then those things, they, they're, they, they have no idea what's going on under the hood. Um, but there is so much human element involved in all of these things, um, which is why you can't, you have to look at the motivations of these people. Mm-hmm. You have to look at what they actually want from you for you to be using their product. Um, and a, a lot of people are, um, aren't aware of that. They, they're not cognizant of how much human element goes into it. Kind of reminds me, there's an episode of Parks and Rec. It really pissed me off where, um, and this was um, in 2016, they were trying to get these sorority girls to register to vote. They were like, oh, so excited and gung-ho to get them to the, and they were, they convinced them to do it. And then the, they realized on their way there that the girls are going to vote for Trump. And then they like lead them off path away from the place to register to vote. And I was like, wow, that is, and that's the kind of thing that would go into you know, that kind of thought process mm-hmm. that would go into building algorithms like this, that it's like, I want to lead this person away because I don't like what their result would be otherwise. Yeah. And it's like, that's not treating individuals with respect uh, and and not holding yourself accountable for, you know, doing the right thing, which is well, to... That's the thing that they don't like is the fact that people have agency, you yes. know, and God forbid that their agency is different than your ideology. You know, they, it, it's yeah, it's pretty funny. The, I think that's why there's a lot of this whole destruction of agency going on. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's a lot of narratives going into this idea that like, oh, it's not really your fault as a woman that this is happening or whatever. And uh, or it's not really your fault as a person of color that this is happening. Well, uh, you have no control. Way. The, the whole thing with like internalized misogyny and internalized racism, that is another example of trying to destroy agency. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, it's trying to invalidate someone's ability to think mm-hmm. for themselves. Yep. And um, they do that so often. Like the people, they do it to the people who disagree with them through the internalized ha- self-hatred. Mm-hmm. And they do it to the people who agreed with them by uh, taking away all the responsibility in their own lives and the mm-hmm. outcomes of their own lives, yes. um, which is why they hate like Jordan Peterson's like self author, uh, you know, authoring like ideas um, and other like other people who are trying to teach you to take control of your own life. Anyone mm-hmm. who, tr- who, tr- who pushes that kind of behavior um, is an enemy. 
because if you if you if you have any sense of you know agency any sense of self um awareness you are not as easily manipulated yeah and it's the reason why they they were trying to paint him as being alt right it's like yeah. you know it's we're going to find the worst thing possible label this person because we don't want his ideas you know to to be out there i mean look at the whole thing with um oh god what is his name he, he basically turned uh red skull into jordan peterson Oh yeah, the whole thing with Hail Lobster. You remember that? I mean, that yeah, that I kind of do remember that. <laughs> that oh, was God. really what? dumb. Try to remember his name. Uh, Coates, Tony Hissy Coates. Yeah, God. In, in in a Marvel book, yeah. in a um, Captain America comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, I remember. Speaking of like Coates, I read his novel The Water Dancer, and I have never been so incredibly bored with a novel in my life. Uh, like the the audiobook is read by Joe Morton, who I who I love that guy. I I think he's great as an actor and everything, and he did a great job reading it. But it was still incredibly boring, and it was still badly written. Like that's the thing is that it's a very bad novel. Um, and there's a point where like the main character meets all these people, literally pretty much on soapboxes, talking about free love. And to, and this is during the Civil War, by the way, um, and and uh, and like communism and all this uh, like minority rights in, in, in a time period where none of those ideas existed. <laughs> exactly, and and I'm sitting here and I'm I'm going. This is like clearly like political ideology in a novel, and it, and yeah. not only that, but it was just badly written, like gotta say he's not a very good novelist his prose is not is not enjoyable in the slightest well, it's not about the talent it's about the ideology and yes, that's the reason is. why Coates gets so much um <laughs> i want to say so much press but he, he he gets a lot offered to him because he has the right ideology i mean yeah the guy never wrote a comic book in his life but for some reason marvel comics decided to hire him yeah captain america of all comics yeah the guy that basically hates america and white people yeah we're gonna have him write captain america yeah, uh, it was. He's yeah. not. Uh, it, you're right. It's and this has been happening a lot with literary novels, with comic books, with TV and movies, where they hire people with an ideology instead of the talent. That's mm -hmm. been and also people who are trying to rise in that on the ideology use the ide ideology to take out people um, with uh, who have positions they want. Like they'll they'll take some they'll tear someone down out of position just because and, and with the accusations and stuff, it's like that's that's a conflict of interest um, that they they're a competitor. Uh, and like I, I saw that happen to someone who ran a, a stand up, not a stand up, an improv comedy theater. His theater got taken out through accusations and the people who were accusing him built a new competing improv comedy theater in the same area. It's like that is a conflict of interest and it should be something you pay attention to when you see these kinds of attempts to pull someone down. Mm -hmm. uh, is is Are they in competition? If they're in competition, there's a really good chance that they're just using this ideology to take out their competitor. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that competitor ever actually did anything, you know, unethical. Um, yeah, it's in a way, it's, it's modern day witch hunts. Yes. You know? um, 
Yeah, you're somebody I don't like. I'm going to accuse you of being a witch so we can burn you at the stake. And yes, you know, I don't. Uh, I want your property. So yeah. <laughs> gonna... that's that's exactly what it is. I want your property. I want your business. Yep. So I, I'm going to destroy you by calling you a witch. And the, so, yeah, the idea that this is new, it's not new. It's, no, it's in fact very, very old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just highly prevalent right now. Yeah. Um, and the methods by which they do it have changed slightly, but it's still mm-hmm. the same um, thought process into taking out a competitor. Um, well, the thing, the thing uh, what bothers me about the, the cancellation of Russia right now and the Russian people is just look at the lengths they're going to go and what they're going to do to basically hurt or, and cancel these people. Now, think about now that they've justified doing all this stuff to an entire country think it now basically kind of gives them carte blanche to do this exact same thing to people here in the United States. So yes. I, I feel like the cancellations is only going to get worse now. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of um, people who were against canceled culture have mm-hmm. changed their minds recently um, because of Russia. And that's kind of, that's dangerous territory there mm-hmm. because it's working. It is working to mm-hmm. change some oh, people's absolutely. minds about cancellation. Um, and this is, this is dangerous it's this is fire we should not be playing with no it's um, not and um uh i was gonna say something about the russian situation <laughs> no it flooded my head um but they i i think that um we need to be careful about as i said before making enemies out of people they keep that it's a meme like the whole idea of who radicalized you mm-hmm. you did and that the there's truth to it though they keep doing this and they keep they're they're actually growing an alt right and they're grow they're growing not an alt right but a just a you know <laughs> general well, the, population of people who don't want this the thing that that you know i don't understand why they haven't figured out is like if you when you go and cancel somebody and they basically lose their ability to have an income, they lose their job, et cetera, et cetera. All you're doing is that you're just radicalizing these people. Yep. Because yeah. it's like it, it, the when you start taking away people, I'm going to say, yeah, people's stuff, but their ability to have gainful employment and whatnot, and they have no options, you're just going to radicalize people. Yes. Well, and then also they're silencing people, which war is what happens when all diplomacy breaks down. Mm-hmm. And on a micro level, Violence is what happens when all communication breaks down. And yeah. if you're silencing people, you're driving them towards like a, an extreme option. This is dangerous territory. Um, what I, I did remember what I was going to say about the Russian cancellation. Uh, the world, no, the World Economic Forum has decided to cut ties with Russia. Um, and I... There are a lot of jokes about that. And one of them that I said is like, what do we have to do to get them to cut ties with us? Who do we have to invade? <laughs> but did you, did you hear about what happened with Facebook's now saying it's OK to. Um, yeah, I did. Make that, statements that it, of violence against Russia mm-hmm. and Russians like and Putin. They're going to allow state. Yeah. Calls for violence against Russia and Putin and Russians. And it's like, whoa, uh, you guys, it wasn't a good idea to allow that about Muslims back in 2001. It's not a good idea to allow it now about Russians. Mm -mm. This is, again, fire we shouldn't be freaking playing with. 
they're really uh, they're pushing the extremes. They, I, I mean, I think this is they want um, extreme reactions. They yeah, do. They, they do. And, and again, it, it comes back down to what's the next group of people that they're going to apply this to? Yes. Anti SJWs. It's now fine to, uh, you know, threaten people who disagree with your ideology and call call it out. You know, yeah. it's I, I'm waiting for them to say, you know, it's it's OK to threaten white men yeah. on Facebook. It's not a big deal. Well, I mean, to some extent, it is OK on some platforms. The kill all men hashtag doesn't really result in any kind of punishment from Twitter. No, um, I would. You can ask as ver- heels versus babyface about that because I know I, he I, got kicked off of Twitter because of that. Well, that's the thing. That's the vague by design. They get to pick and choose who they will go after for that because there's plenty of kill all men that is not getting punished as long as it's, you know, made from, you know, a feminist account. There's no right. problem there. All right, dog. <laughs> Dog's getting excited. Um, I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> but second. okay, so I think I I definitely think that we need to be I, I'm having a little trouble. I am trying right now, but I'm having a little trouble finding us a um alternative web hosting um platform. Uh I have been researching it and um I f- I keep finding crowd storage with no knowledge um privacy settings and everything, but I'm, and some of those are hosted by uh, Amazon. So I was like, well, that's pointless. <laughs> have, have you looked into DigitalOcean at all? No, I have not looked into DigitalOcean. All right. Okay. Well, that'll be my homework. <laughs> yeah. Looking, looking at them. That's, that's, I've been using them for a number of years. I, I should probably check into their stances on stuff. To make uh, sure. But yeah, <laughs> but I haven't really seen anything like outrageous right. from them bad or anything and i i do think it's probably a good idea to follow the ceos and um official business accounts of those uh companies you you are on because it might help be helpful for knowing what they're going to be doing in the future what they're okay with what they're not okay with um and so that you see can see if you want to do business with them they Mm -hmm. that's that's something that the woke promote uh, that you do like, Oh, I don't want to do business with this company anymore because they're still selling their product in Russia. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you should be doing that. If you are pro privacy, if you're pro, you know, not, uh, no censorship. If you, if you are a free speech, absolute absolutist, you should be doing that as well. Uh, only you don't have to be like, I want this company to be destroyed kind of thing. Um, you know, no, but, but you don't have to do business with them, right? It, no. It, that's, that's the funny <laughs> thing about it. We're not, you know, canceling. That's the funny thing. It, it, it's like whenever they take like a boycott or something, boycott such and such, they're taking it as a cancellation. It's like no one's trying to put that company out of business. No, no one's trying to put Amazon out of business, <laughs> but I'm definitely trying to limit the amount of stuff I buy from Amazon. Yeah. Because essentially you're feeding the machine. Yes, exactly. Um, and also, I think it's good for actual free capitalism to find the smaller companies and support them. Like, yeah. I don't and, want and, Amazon sorry. to have the the amount of the market share that it has. I don't think that's good for the internet. You know, for yeah. web hosting. I don't. Well, I, the, the other thing too is you you can actually 
it, Amazon's convenient because the shipping is fast and whatnot. But a lot of the products you can buy, you can buy directly from the vendor. Yes. Sometimes with free shipping. Yeah. Like, I mean, I got a new product. Um, I've told you about my my uh, food intolerances that's mm-hmm. supposed to help with it. Called uh, It's a like a, a FODMAP enzyme. Mm-hmm. They don't sell on Amazon. I bought direct from them and they had free shipping. Um, so, like, there are a lot of products you can get straight from the seller still with that free shipping. Uh, I know that two day thing is like handy for a lot of people. Mm. If you need something desperately, well, it's like, well, maybe go to the store instead. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely suggest trying to limit these, the market share that these companies have, because I just don't think that's good in the long run for that market, for that industry. For, for someone to have that much control over it, that means yeah. it can't advance. Like it's not going to advance their top dog. They don't need to innovate. And, and that's not, that's not good for industry. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people think in that way. They're, they're just thinking about well, what's the best option for me right now. Mm. And, uh, and I get that, but you could be poisoning yourself for 10 years down the line. Well, it's the convenience factor. That's what's kind of driven a lot of this stuff. I mean, just like look at uh, like Uber Eats or um, Postmates or whatever. People are willing to pay a premium to have other people go and pick up their stuff for them. Yeah, and, and it's like I, I'm very much guilty of that. You know, I use Grubhub on occasion, and I'm and I'm spending like fifty bucks on something that would normally cost me like thirty or something. And I do, I do that, but I don't drive. So well, like <laughs> you, you actually have a valid reason. I have yeah. an excuse, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't. I I mean, there are some shops that I could walk to. I mean, yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, I e- either way, maybe I'd be getting in an Uber myself do to do it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like me doing something like DoorDash, that's my preference. Um, mainly because I like the way they treat their DoorDashers better than um uh. Uber Eats or um, what's the other one you mentioned? Grubhub. Um, Grubhub. Yeah, Postmates. I I like the way they treat their DoorDashers better and they treat their customers better. That's why I went with them instead. They don't always have everything I want. Uh, Some of the other restaurants are on the other platforms, but I I decided to go with DoorDash because I thought they did business better is essentially what it was. Um, So like, I, I, yeah, I do it because I can't drive, but, <laughs> and yeah, I get no, it. But that's, that's fair though. And that's where it's, it shows you the benefit, right. Of mm-hmm. modern technology is that for somebody who doesn't have a driver's license or can't drive because of medical reasons has an option to be able to have stuff delivered to them. Like my grandmother, you know, who's in her nineties, you know, she can't get in the car and go to the store. So it's a lot more convenient for her to be able to order something and have it delivered to her house yeah. than, for her to try and find somebody to take her and go shopping. And yeah, there's definitely a benefit, but the issue is that it leads to some of us laziness. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Which is the whole thing, the whole problem with uh, with Amazon, right? It's like, you know, for years I've been giving Amazon more and more of my money and I'm, you know, basically making not only Jeff Bezos rich, which is fine. (laughs) uh, But it's the issue with the fact that now big tech 
is controlling everything and we've given so much power to these companies, we need to start bringing that power back, which is the reason why if you could buy that product from the vendor itself, from their website, you're probably better off doing that. Yeah. Even if it takes a couple more days. I am... I'm legitimately upset by the fact that when it comes to shipping companies, I've found that Amazon as a shipper is very good compared to some of the other ones, especially in my area, because it makes me want to use them more. Mm-hmm. Although the problem is, is that when you order something on Amazon, you do not know who's shipping it to you yeah. uh, until you've placed the order. Um, but That's the majority, it, depending on what it is, the majority of the stuff is going to be probably delivered by Amazon. It, bigger, probably. bigger, bulkier items are typically going to be delivered either by a freight company or UPS or FedEx. You know, it, it, all, it all depends. It also depends on your location too, whether you're close to a distribution center. Yeah, uh, and I have noticed that they are they're better in my area than any of the other shippers, which really drives me crazy because. Um, like I would get something shipped by DHL and I'm like, Oh my God, shoot me now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a joke that DHL stands for don't hurry. It's late. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I cannot stand that company, but you, and that is kind of the problem with buying things online is you have no control over who's shipping it, but you have to ask the seller, like, what are you shipping? Like, what is, what is your, uh, shipping method before you buy because they don't and they may tell you it may be that shipped by but like it's kind of a problem because it really depends like maybe in their area where they're shipping from the company is great but where you are the shipping mm-hmm. company sucks and it's the same shipping company <laughs> yeah. but it, it's kind of, that to me is like probably one of the worst aspects of having to get things online is when it comes to shipping, like I have no idea what I'm getting into necessarily. And there's no control. Like, I feel like there's no control over it. And um, as a customer, that really drives me crazy. Um, But uh, when it comes to finding alternatives uh, off of Amazon, um, for me, I found FedEx is better. Uh, If someone ships by FedEx, I'm more likely to buy their product uh, for my area though, mm-hmm. like that kind of depends on you, 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 where you live, what is better for you. Um, and that's something that not everyone like really thinks about necessarily. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe other people have a list of their favorite shippers too. I like me. UPS I found to be pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, USPS is kind of hit or miss. <laughs> if it says, shipped by whoever delivered by USPS, I'm happy. Mm. I feel like that's, for me, that's a good result. (laughs) So like I said, it depends on where you are, um, what the results are going to be. But it's kind of, um, it's, I don't know, it just feels like it's up in the air. I felt the same way about internet companies. Like back in Kansas, um, uh, AT&T was horrible. Cox was great. Come to Arizona, Cox is awful. And I can't, use them and so then i moved to like what CenturyLink, and other people tell me CenturyLink is horrible and i'm like really i think they're awesome and I'm like, yeah it depends on where you're at and the infrastructure they have and yes you know, it, it does varies by region i think people don't pay attention to what is going to be best for their region necessarily like you you do have to do that i don't know there's a lot of research that has to go into buying a product like and I don't know that everyone is willing to take the time, but it's your money. Um, 
So I think you have to decide, do you want to work with this company? Is this company good to you? Um, and I think we've kind of decided that DuckDuckGo is not one we really want to work not with. Not anymore. No. <laughs> they, I mean, it sucks because I've been using, you know, their search engine for, you know, well over a year because I've been trying to, you know, de-Google as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And now we have to de-DuckDuckGo. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't know what they're willing to do in the future now. Mm-hmm. If they're willing to shut down, you know, Russian sites, you know, in their search results, then they're, they, what lines do they have? We don't know yet. Um, and to me, that means they don't really have lines. Um, so when it comes to deciding what we should be getting in our search results. So I'm, I'm not using them anymore. Well, uh, do you have any uh, final statements, Ian? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think that we'd get to this point where we're basically living in the dystopian future? Uh, God, not not. I didn't expect it to look like this, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this is my is my thought. I didn't expect it to look like this. Um, although uh, I will say this, that I was driving her, I was in the car with a friend a couple of days ago and everywhere I went, I saw a cannabis sign, like, you know, get, get pot. And I was like, this feels like Judge Dredd where everyone is, is, on drugs all the time because they have nothing, no meaning in their life. And I was like, I don't think I ever want to do pot now. (laughs) Like it was just this thought process I had that I was, and that felt very dystopian to me. The idea that pot was everywhere. Uh, Not, and and I'm not a very like anti-drug kind of person. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. But it just, it felt like too, too in my face, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's so many weird things that are going on in the world that it's like, I can't believe we're here. It's like, you know, looking at those like, um, not convenience store, like the um, Walgreens robberies that you see like in California. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, that just literally blows my mind. The fact that we're in the state where, yeah, we're going to decriminalize, you know, petty theft. Yeah. And, and, and think that things will be okay. <laughs> I know it's such a... I. The funny thing is to me is that there's a kind of a, a, a weird imbalance on that kind of thought process. Like, because one half of me goes, they're being stupid and ignorant. And the other half of me goes, no, they know exactly what they're doing. They're, um, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> the more cynical side of me says, no, this is on purpose. They know what the result would be and they're okay with it. In mm-hmm. fact, this is driving towards something they something bigger that they want. And that side of me is winning out more and more and more as things get worse. Um, and that's not to say that like the whole I want I want uh, the whole world to end at this point. Like I'm not on that track ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not black pilled. I'm not the kind of person who wants uh, everything to go away. I want things to improve. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we all do. Right. Even the people who are black pilled on what's happening. Um, I think, I I think they want things to improve, but it's the thing that's kind of scary is that, um, in a weird sort of way, giving into the black pill, wanting everything to be torn down is you're, you're basically kind of giving them what they want because, you know, they want to tear down everything. They want to tear down the rule of law. They want to tear down, um, you know, property rights, human rights, uh, free speech, you know, gun rights, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So I, I think it's worth fighting. I, I think mm. it's a lot, if, if you give up 
the fight. Otherwise, I wouldn't be having this podcast, obviously. Yeah. Um, but if you give up the fight, then they've won, um, and there's less people fighting against it. So I, I, I'm one of those people who's like, no matter how dark things are getting, I still mm. think we should be fighting. I, I um, agree. And, and you gotta, you gotta show people the, the dirty truth, right? You gotta show people that, you know, if we don't do anything, things will be bad and that yeah. can come off as, as blackpilling. But the main thing is making sure that you don't give up and you, as I like to say, become an activist for your rights. Well, yeah, because there's this problem where it's like ignorance is bliss. If you're if you don't know about any of this, then you're probably fine. But if you know about it, you you come to a tipping point. Either you give up or you fight against it. And um, it's worth fighting against it. I mean, this is what's been going like people have been fighting against things like this throughout human history, Mm. essentially. So it's not it's not as if battles haven't been won on these fronts before. Um, and yeah, some of them have been lost too, but that's the thing about, we we're still here. Humanity still exists. It's still worth fighting for. So yeah, I, I so to me, I'm sort of like, yeah, that first point, that tipping point, when you know that's, it's a hard moment, but I, I think it's worth getting past and fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, let's, <laughs> I don't want to go too dark. I, I do think things are hopeful. Uh, as long as people are still having conversations like this, as long as people are still fighting, especially on the school board levels mm-hmm. and the city council levels. for As long as um, people are doing stuff, it's hopeful. That's yes. the big thing. Is the, the moment, you know, the masses kind of give up against fighting against the stuff is where we're screwed. Yeah. And I, I do think they're fighting more. And I think that's a great thing. I, I'm, I'm actually incredibly hopeful for the future. I know that sounds to some people like a, like a, optimism but it's actually realism i'm seeing people mm-hmm. fight so i that's where my hope is coming from um well thank you so much for joining ian i feel like <laughs> again we've covered so many topics yeah um, we usually I, do that <laughs> yes we do uh thank you everyone for joining me and ian for 451 degrees the anti-censorship podcast on the unsafe space network and if you could watch your fingers over to the like share and subscribe button I would really appreciate it and comment below on your thoughts on many of the topics we have here. If you have some uh, point you want to make about, especially the web hosting, uh, I would love to hear it and we will see you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been approved by Neil Young. Please consider canceling the responsible parties. Here's a list. Do you know what's fascist? 
when truckers refuse to deliver products to the ruling class. That's what the dictionary says. I swear. The continued war on drugs will require the distribution of free crack pipes. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.